Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Last several weeks, I've been able to that were just really encouraging. Today's more of a, you know, I best described as let me kick you in the rear and get you on the right track. You know, every now and then, uh, it's like a good parent. You, you always want your kids to have fun and enjoy and, and stuff, but now and then, they got to say to them, you know, it's time you straighten up and fly right, and this is more of that kind of a message. If you go to Yellowstone National Park, what is the one thing you're going to make sure you see? Say it. Okay. <laughs> Man, is he doing geography in there this morning? What's up? Church is really hard. Yeah, you go, to, you go to Yellowstone National Park, you're going to walk away. At some point, you're going to give yourself 20 minutes to get over there and see your old faithful. It's a phenomenon. You go out there and you want to see it. You go to SeaWorld. What's the one thing you're going to be sure to see over the course of a day? Shamu. If that's not the name, it's an orca show, or if you know them as killer whales. You're going there, you're going to see that at some point in the day. If your first time to going to New York City, if it's your first time to New York City, now this one gets a little more confusing because there's a lot of things you want to make sure you see, but there's probably three things, one of which you're going to see. Times Square, I would say that is on most everybody's list because you've seen so many movies and this and that, I've got to see Times Square, get your picture taken in Times Square, whatever. And, and Lady Liberty, that would be about second on my list. And you're vying between One World Center now and maybe Empire State, but, but you're going to see these things, aren't you, before you leave. I expect that many of you that are sitting here right now are fully aware. You've heard me make the statement enough times that you know that my vision for this church I've shared about three years ago, maybe four at this stage, but, but at that point, I think it was three years ago that I said, I want this church to become the greatest impact church in the Lehigh Valley. And it may bother some of you to hear that. Some of you that have come from other churches and such to say, who does he think he is? It's not who I think I am, it's who I think God is, and if we just do what God tells us we can and should do, I know that we will become the greatest impact church in the Lehigh Valley. And I don't care if that makes us the biggest church. I don't care if it makes us, if we have the most money. I don't care about those things. What I do care about is impact. But I'm wondering if, I'm wondering how many of you know what the main thing for believers is. The one thing. 
the one thing, the main thing, I, I, I'm wondering how many of you are connected because it's, it's intimately connected to what our vision is. We could go to several verses in the New Testament that tell us what the main thing is. We could go to several verses in the Bible. The main thing is, but there's probably not one verse that does more justice to this than this verse from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. And here's what it says. Stand up to your feet. You go out of here with nothing else today. I want you going out of here with this verse in your head. I hope you lay awake tonight. I hope the Holy Ghost doesn't turn you loose. I hope you twist and turn till this gets in your spirit so deep that it never lets you go. Because this is what the Word says. This is a trustworthy saying. Say it with me. Accept it. Say it now. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Some total. This is the Word. This is the Scripture all wrapped up. Everything from Old Testament to the New Testament. Old Testament points to it. Old Testament points back Back to it, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You can be seated. We've become desensitized here in America. And I'm deeply concerned, and concerned enough that I feel Holy Ghost speaking to me during the week saying, you need to talk about this a little bit. But we've forgotten our prime directive. I know that's a Star Trek term for you Trekkie fans, but, and, and the, the prime directive is different than our prime directive, but our prime directive, the main thing, is why Jesus came. It's to save sinners. Everything else in the entire Word of God points to this one singular fact. Jesus came to save sinners. We become caught up in our own lives. So caught up in our own lives that we've been sidetracked by, you know, we're, we're at Yellowstone looking at buffalo. I can take you to Hellertown and show you some buffalo. You don't go to Yellowstone to see buffalo. You may see buffalo in Yellowstone. It's a high probability, but that's not why you go there. Going to, it's like going to, to SeaWorld and checking out the dog and cat show. They have one. It is amazing, but it's not why you go to SeaWorld. Going to New York City and stopping at Macy's. Yeah, it's a good it's a good thing to do while you're in Newark, New York, but that's not why you go to New York. We're so busy that it's like we go to New it's like going to New York City for two hours. You know, stop in the square, take a few photos, and turn around and leave. Come on. Going to SeaWorld, walk through the main doors, pay for a $65, $70 ticket for the day and walking in that, and you get to the, because they have them right there, right there. You walk in the entrance and there's stores so you can buy stuff. 
and buying a small stuffed orca whale. Walking out saying, hey, I've been to SeaWorld, look what I got. We've forgotten that Jesus said we are not of this world. We're in it. We're not of it. We've forgotten that we're just passing through. We're strangers, aliens, passing through. This is a temporary stop. We've forgotten that we are spirit beings with a fleshly body. We're not of this world. Now, I don't have the typical notes for you, but you may have the generic notes if you've got a bulletin. I call them generic. You can write on them. You can write in your phones. If you have an electronic device, you can write if you have our app. We're not of this world, and throwing off the attraction of the flesh is difficult. Come on, somebody. And I want to begin by giving you the value of who you are. The value of who you are. Do you know that God has great plans for you? I'm trying to look at some young people now. Y'all look me in the eye. God has great plans for you. Do you know you're an eternal being? And you know why I can say it? God has great plans for you. They are awesome plans. Here's the deal, young men. Everyone is going to live for eternity. You are an eternal being. That makes you valuable. Eternal, infinite. You're going to live forever. Forever. That ought to give you worth. That ought to make you understand that God invested highly in you because you are an eternal being. You're worth it. You're worth it. All of you. That includes those of you that messed up seriously bad. Seriously bad. God found him. God set him free. He was bound. And God took that mess. Started putting in the right ingredients. You could say it. He's still working on him too. You know it. Some of you know him. God's still working on him. But but look what God did. Look what God did. And he's done it for you. And he's done it for you. He loves you. You're an eternal being. God invested in you personally. <laughs> that passage of scripture was written by Paul to young Timothy, a pastor, and he said it to Timothy. He said, God, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul followed it up by saying, of which I am the chief. Apostle Paul. Some of y'all were pretty bad. I don't think most of you were involved in the process of trying to kill other Christians. Or kill Christians. He wasn't a Christian at the time. You're part of an eternal kingdom. Your value and worth are eternal. Your flesh will fight this battle, though, on an earthly level daily. Why, why do I say that? Because your flesh is sending you signals right now. Right now. 
You can't get away from it. Some of you are, look, I I see it. There's a sister in here all covered up with a heavy coat. I'm sweating. She's over there like, that's your flesh. It's always, always sending you signals. Somebody sitting by you wearing too much perfume. Your flesh is sending a signal. Some of you, somebody sitting by you ain't wearing enough cologne. You're saying, I wish they had something on that, cover that up. It's your flesh. Most of us spent the better part of our lives relating to our flesh. You can say amen. You're still fighting that battle daily. You have wants, you have desires, you're focused on the flesh. Right now, most of you are thinking about dinner. Whatever you label it, lunch, something. You're thinking about eating. Your flesh, it's talking to you. Every human, however, is an eternal being. Every human is an eternal being. We're all going to live forever. The only question is where? Hebrews 9.27 puts it this way, and just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. You only get one shot at it, folks. And I, I, I may burst a couple of bubbles. Some of you trying to pay, pray somebody out of purgatory. There's no such thing, number one. And you couldn't pray them out if they were. You have here, now, this. We have a parable that even speaks to that. A rich man, Lazarus, that sat at his gate. A parable. Don't send him. No, you can't. There's nobody going back. There's nobody getting another shot. It's once and done. You die, after that, the judgment. If you truly wrap your mind around this fact, concern for all of humanity should grow. We're eternal beings, but we only have this 70-plus years to deal with our eternal future and everybody that we know. So poke your neighbor in the shoulder, slap them on the side of the head, do something to get their attention to remind them that they have flesh, but they're going to live forever. So stop playing around like this is it. Stop playing around like I have no more. And you're living for this right now. You know how hard it is for us just to decide that we're not going to overeat every meal. Every one of us in here. And all of you that have that fast-burning metabolism, you don't have to think about it. Oh, your feet stink. rest of us got to spend every meal. We got to think about it every meal. 
but you, you, that's your flesh. You gotta, you're tuned into your flesh. If you don't do that, if you don't think long term, come on, some of you older folks weren't thinking long term when you were living your youth. You weren't thinking long term, and you're paying the price right now. Come on, say amen. amen. You're paying the price right now. So this fact of understanding we are eternal beings should alter your perception of your neighbor, your co-workers, and your friends. There, I've said it. Your neighbor, your co-workers, your friends. They are eternal beings. So it's time to recalibrate. Time to recalibrate. Here it is again, 1 Timothy 1.15. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Recalibrate to that fact. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Some total gospel, that's it. That's why. That's what this is about. Consider for a moment how little time you spend thinking about the eternal well-being of others. I mean it. I mean it. I'm asking you. I'm measuring it up today. You're not getting out of here easy. It was wonderful having a water baptism service, but you're not getting out of here without having to think about eternity today. You sit here right now. Have you ever really thought about this? Your neighbor, whether good or bad, friend or foe, if they don't know Jesus, will spend eternity in hell. That coworker, again, friend or foe, for you or against you, they are eternal beings. If they don't know Jesus, they're going to spend eternity in hell. You may have thought about it with immediate family. I hope you have. You got people you love dearly, and you're thinking about their eternity. But every one of us are eternal beings. Every one of us. You know, here's what I want you to catch God was willing. God was willing to go all the way. You know the scripture. He sent his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believes would not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son because of that problem. He wanted it changed. You know further that the scripture says, it's 2 Peter 3 verse 9, he's not willing that any should perish. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He wants everyone to repent. Here's the thing, God won't make people repent. He won't make them follow him. If the person you love dearly in just a few days... I think it's next week. It is. Friday. In just, just a few days. If, you, if they have to force you to get them something, 
to prove that you love them? You better get me something. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. If you have to make them think about it, you don't want that. God doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent, but he's not going to make them. God set the bar high. He did set the bar high. But he's asking us to engage in the process. Look at your neighbor right now and say, engage in the process. Why do I tell you that? Because Mark 16, 15 tells us that. Here's what the word says. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're everyone. But you also have neighbors that is everyone. You also have co-workers. You even have schoolmates, young people. They're everyone. But here's the thing. I'm going to say it to you this way. It'll require some explanation, but I'm going to say it because it's the truth. Everyone, you're not responsible for everyone. You're not responsible for everyone. It's a huge task that requires, however, recalibration. Here we go. It, you've got to have a target. Some of you gamers right now, you're hearing it in your head. Target acquired. Target acquired. You got to have a target. So while it's true, you're not responsible for everyone, you are responsible to give a reasonable witness to everyone you know. See? Even your phone agrees. <laughs> That's the word. That's the word. It may be true, but the whole truth is you're responsible for everyone you know because everyone you know is an eternal being. You ought to be concerned about that. But here's the deal, Satan's standing in the way. Look at what the word says from 1 Peter 5, 8. Many of you know this verse, but I, I'll give it to you. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You don't have to ask the devil. You don't have to invite him. He is on track. He has a strategy. You may not have a target. You may not have a desired end, but he has a strategy. Listen, John 10 tells us what his plan is. It's this simple. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I love what Jesus said. He didn't leave it there. Thank God he didn't leave it there because he said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Anybody out there looking for that rich and satisfying life? Yeah, the devil may be trying to destroy that, your plan. But Jesus, I'm glad he's an overcomer. 
Yeah, Satan does have a strategy. I want you to, you can write that down in your notes. Satan has a strategy. Satan knows that his time is short. So he's developed a strategy to keep us from success. He's developed his strategy. He knows that his time is short. He knows that one day it's all going to be over for him. And so he's working hard right now, and he's working on you. He's devised his plan to deter, to distract, and defer your work. Deter, distract, defer, even defer. His plan is to do all that is in his power to get you away from remembering the main thing. Look at your neighbor right now, say, remember the main thing. Now ask them, do they know what the main thing is? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's the main thing. I'm saying it. I'm declaring it. I hope God keeps you awake tonight with that ringing in your ear. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I hope some of you by tomorrow morning are hating me. And I just blame the Holy Ghost. But I don't care that that's how you feel about it. I want you to understand Satan has a strategy. you got to do something to defeat him at his plan. Because he doesn't have to make you believe something else is the main thing. All he has to do is get you to deter, distract, or defer, or put off. That's what defer means. Put it off. You put it off long enough, you'll forget about it. won't be on your mind. won't be on your heart. The person may move away. You've missed your opportunity, and God had them in your life so that you could tell them about him and his love. If Satan can, he will attack your faith, he'll rob your peace, and he'll get you bound up on secondary matters because that's the way he rolls. If your faith is weak, if your faith is weak by circumstances or weakened by circumstances, you'll spend all of your time worrying and you'll be distracted, and so you won't be engaged in the main thing. You'll be engaged in the fleshly thing, the need at the moment. Uh, and you're living your life from the necessity of the moment. Some of you are so tired that you live from paycheck to paycheck. And that's just, a, that's just an element of your life. If you look into that part of your life, and you're thinking the same way, it's the same thing with your spiritual life. You spend so much of your time only thinking about the right now, this moment. I got to get through this moment. I got to make it through this day. I'm so tired. I'm so worn out. I'm distracted. You stay awake worrying over your circumstances. You're being robbed mentally and emotionally, which means you won't be able to be about the Father's business. So you must actively engage in spiritual warfare or you will suffer loss in this area. Actively engage in spiritual warfare or else you will suffer loss in this area. What am I saying? I'm saying to you, Satan will keep doing what Satan does. He'll do it all the time in any manner, in any way possible because it's his goal to rob, steal, destroy. That's his goal. 
He'll use any means. He doesn't have to convince you that the main thing is not the main thing. All he has to do is distract you. He's doing a really good job of it. We're way more concerned about how our appearance looks than how our spiritual life is. Our real personhood. So you must actively engage in spiritual warfare. Do you know that team sports require a healthy team? Let me, let me restate that. Team sports require healthy team members. If Satan gets you weak, the team suffers. You got an area you're supposed to be guard over. You got a person that works with you. You got a person that's your neighbor. You got a person that's your schoolmate. They're going to live forever, and God put you in their lives so you could help them for eternity. And all you got to do is get those sweet little words out of your mouth. Do you know that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? That's all. You got to get those words out of your mouth at some point, at some time, to that neighbor. They may be a numbskull. And maybe you have acted adversely with them because they are a numbskull and have created problems for you. Loud parties, carrying on, whatever, for your neighbor. A schoolmate that is annoying, beyond all possibility of annoying. Keep telling them. That Jesus loves them and has a wonderful plan for their lives. Keep telling them that. Keep telling them that. In the face of their anger and irritation, tell them. Why do I have to do this, preacher? Because 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says it this way. You don't belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. And here's what I want you if you, again... Uh, now, don't walk out of here with just the main thing. Catch something else on the fly. Satan cannot win unless you let him. You have to give up territory to Satan. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said it. John 16, 33, in this world you will have Tribulation, you'll have trouble. <laughs> but he didn't stop there. Somebody say, praise God. He didn't stop there. He said, beware of this. Understand this. Declare this. I have overcome this world. <laughs> Satan cannot win unless you let him win. Here's God's deal. God's all about soul prosperity. He's all about soul prosperity. What do I mean by that? Third John, second verse. There's only one chapter. Dear friends, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Wait a minute. Is he saying what I think he's saying? Yeah, he is. Dear friend, this is John, the beloved. This is John, 
He's writing. Look at what he's saying. I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. In other words, you're a total being, and in that totality, God wants you well, strong, able-bodied. This is how God wants all of us to live. He wants all of us healthy in every way. God wants you walking in his mighty power. How do I know that? Because Paul wrote it in the, to the church in Ephesus, a good church in 6, verse 10. He says, a final word, a final word. That When you sum up, when it's a final word, you're summing things up. You're saying, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Do you want me to interpret this for you? It's saying, stop worrying about the day-to-day picky things of this flesh. Get your eyes on the eternity and know that an eternal being, God, mighty God, almighty God, gives you strength. Amen. Do you know that with God's strength, there's nothing you can face that you cannot win the battle over? Nothing. Nothing. All things are possible through God. Through God. You try it on your own, you're going to flop. All things. What man calls impossible, God says possible. You just need a little bit of the supernatural mixed in on that. So God's all about soul prosperity. He wants you prospering in every way. We started this year with a strong push intended to make your spirit the prevailing force in your life. That's why we did 21 days of prayer and fasting. You remember something that I said along the way? Every moment for his glory. Every moment for his glory. You need to start thinking about eternity with every moment. How many of you know too many lattes? Put a lot of latte in this zone. <laughs> and, and stuff happens. Put your blood sugars all in their wacky places. Yeah, you know, you've got to invest in eternity. Start putting your investment in that which is eternal. Understand that the person sitting right beside you is going to live forever. They just won't look like they look right now. Some of you say, hallelujah. They won't feel like they feel right now either. Glory. But they're going to be... They are eternal beings and they will live forever. And it's the same thing with your friends. It's the same thing with your workmates. It's the same thing with your schoolmates. It's the same thing with that nasty neighbor that you wish wasn't living one more day. But they're going to live forever. And God's put you right beside him so you could tell him that. He loves him. And he sent his one and only son to die for them. This almighty, eternal being considered your nasty neighbor. 
when Jesus put those hands up, the very people that were pounding the nails into his hands, he was saying, Father, forgive them. I don't know what they're doing. So while that neighbor may be causing problems for you, they're going to live forever. And you need to be concerned about their eternal well-being. Let me bring it down to a close this morning. Stop trying to battle in the flesh what must be done in the spirit. And here it is. Keep the main thing, the main thing. What's the main thing? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So here's the main thing. Come on, Pastor Mackay. It's getting the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the people that you can reach. All of them. Be mindful at all times and on all occasions. We stopped in a coffee shop yesterday. Pastor Amy looked at that waiter and he's a, a nice looking young man and, and she said, you know, we're going to pray in just a moment and, and is there anything we can pray about in your life? And he paused and he wasn't one of those people that thought you were weird. He just said, I'm, I'm really glad you asked. And from that moment, and this has never happened to me this way, God gave me a word for this young man. In that moment, think about this for a moment. Every moment for his glory. Every moment for his glory. That was an eternal being. We weren't even planning on stopping where we stopped. It was all orchestrated by Holy Spirit. You've got to remember, you are an eternal being. And God has a purpose for you in every moment. It's not good enough that people know about Jesus. Knowing about Jesus doesn't give one person into heaven. It's only knowing Jesus that'll get somebody into heaven. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes, please. Nobody's looking around and, if you will, please, nobody moving around. This will only take a few moments. But I'm going to deal with eternity, so it should matter to every one of you. You're here right now. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, you've sat through this entire service, you've seen the people that got baptized in water, and you realize in this moment, you realize that you're not ready. If Jesus were to split the skies right now, you're not ready. It's possible that he would come and you wouldn't go with him. If perhaps the flowers that will dawn your own grave were in bloom right now, in this very moment, and you're unsure, but you want to change that and know, 
without any question that you would spend eternity with the Lord in heaven. You say, I want to, I want to be sure, preacher. I, lift your hand right now. I want to be sure that I'm ready for heaven. I'm ready for eternity. I want to make sure that things are right between God and I. Go ahead, lift them up. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Don't walk out of this place with a question mark where you can put an exclamation point today. Thank you. I'm going to ask everybody to stand, please. It's kind of easy in the quietness and gentleness of that moment to say, and don't you Christians run out of here. You know I got to deal with these, these things. These are eternal matters. And they, this should matter to everyone in this place right now that loves Jesus. If you raised your hand and you mean business with God and you want to make sure before you leave this place today that you're ready if Jesus were to rapture this church, his church, that means his people. Would you be willing to leave your seat and come right down to this altar so we could pray with you and make sure of it with you? Come on, be bold. You raised your hand. I know that I was gentle, peaceful. Be bold. Come on out of here. Say, I'm going to get it right today. I'm going to get it right today. I'm going to be sure today. I'm, I'm erasing every question mark. I'm taking it all out right now. I'm going to make sure. of you that are up here right now, again, I know I know there's them, these things where you're saying, I've got to get it right and I'm going to make sure. Some of you are making a recommitment to Jesus and that's okay because you want to be sure. This is not something you put a question mark over. It's something you put an exclamation point on. It's done. I believe. And so I want to pray this prayer with all of you that are here right now. Pray it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, giving your life so I could be freed, so I could be forgiven. Wipe away my sins now. Thank you, Jesus for coming out of the grave, proving your power over death and hell. From this moment, I declare I am your child. I will follow you. Amen. Wait here for just a moment. Go ahead, give, them a, give the Lord a praise. Those of you who have come forward, again, I know that a couple of you, it's more of a recommitment and you're trying to make sure of this, but because I don't know all of you, see that couple that's standing right over there to my left? I want you to follow them. Just go into that room with them. Let them get a little information from you and help you to know what do I do next. Christians, you're not leaving yet. You believers aren't leaving yet because the Lord ain't done with you. This is all good. You see how that works? 
I'm checking everybody on eternity. I don't want to play games with this. You need to be serious enough about this to care that your neighbor is destined to hell if you don't intervene. God put you there, and he's counting on you to talk to them about him. You need to work on your skills a little bit in this zone. Just telling them they're going to hell without Jesus isn't great skill. But telling them that Jesus loves them, God loves them, and has a wonderful plan for their lives opens a door to you. Because then you can say something to them like, you know, if something were to happen to you right now in this moment, and you were to face Jesus, and he asked you, why should I let you in? What would your answer be? You see how simple that is? And if they say anything except, I love Jesus and have him in my heart, you need to be talking to them about what's next. Anything except, anything shy of, I have Jesus living in my heart means you need to pray with them about their relationship with God based on the work of Jesus Christ. It's not that hard. The hard part is just making something come out of your lips that sounds right. Being bold enough to not care. Even if they spit in your face, being bold enough to not care. If they slapped you upside your head, I don't want to hear it. Walk away. Shake the dust. Wipe it off your feet. You did what you could. How many of you know you need to grow in this area? Lift those hands up without closing anybody's eyes. Lift them up. Come on. Don't play games with this. You've got somebody you know that you need to tell about Jesus. Father, I thank you right now that as we stand here in this moment, every single one of us have opportunities day in and day out. Forgive us, first of all. We repent for every person that we have spent any more than three minutes with that we haven't been concerned about their eternal well-being. Forgive us. Really forgive us for people we've lived beside for more than a year, five years, ten years, and we barely even know their name. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. We repent. And help us now, Lord, to make it our business to be about the main thing. We'll choose to live every moment for your glory, looking for every opportunity where we can make you big in somebody else's eye. Dealing with eternity, keeping the main thing the main thing, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Help us, Lord. Give us courage and give us strength. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, face, folks. So... I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us? 
either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.